It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh What it do, baby? Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 731 of Locked on Raptors for June the 23rd. It's a Tuesday, I think. I don't know. Days don't mean anything anymore. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. And uh, basketball, you can check out that podcast with myself and the regular voice on this podcast, Katie Heindel, over on the Stringer Stringer Labs Podcast Network, if you so please. Uh, also, please make sure you're checking out everything that's on the Locked on Podcast Network. We have so much stuff for you as sports kind of ramp up towards a return and we get excited slash skeptical of the various return plans, all the local shows and the national shows across the board, breaking things down for you. So please go subscribe to rate and reviews the shows that you want to support because it's so, so appreciated. And it takes like five seconds and costs zero money. So go do it, please. Uh, all right. On today's show, I am joined by a uh, debut guest on the podcast. It's our pal from the Shoot Your Shot podcast, as well as a, one of the growing, very fun voices on Raptors Internet. It is S. Barahenny. How's it going, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thank you for having me on, first and foremost. Um, I, I appreciate getting the, the shout-out and maybe Raptors Twitter. I feel like I'm finally getting enshrined into something here. This is this is fun. This is fun. Look, I like it. The, the, there is no greater honor uh, for a Raptors Twitter yeah. person than to appear on this dinky little podcast. Uh, <laughs> that's not true at all, but uh, glad to have you on, man. So this podcast... We've spent a lot of time the last couple of weeks sort of commiserating over all of the uh, very uh, like troublesome things to do with the NBA's return plans. It, it, it's it's yeah. it, there's holes in it all over the place, and we've spent a lot of time diving into those various holes and uh, poking bigger ones in those already existing holes, like on jean shorts that are, that come pre-ripped that you step into and then rip <laughs> even more. Um, 
I'm just saying this because my fiance did that last week to some jean shorts she bought that already had holes. I do that to my jeans all the time. (laughs) You're good. Yeah. Um, And so with that in mind, we're going to try to spend a good chunk of today's show just talking about actual basketball because that is also a thing that seems to be ramping up. The Raptors are down in Fort Myers, Florida. At least a handful of the Raptors are uh, getting ready to you know go to Orlando for the bubble and all that fun stuff that's just about three weeks away, which seems crazy. And I still don't know if it's going to happen, but we seem to be on that track. So for the most part on today's show, we'll talk about that stuff. But we should start off with some of the recent updates since last we spoke last week and just kind of, you know, share our thoughts on that stuff. So, S, let's start with the fact that the Raptors are down in Florida now. You know, since right. last we spoke, the, the case numbers in Florida have gone up again, again and again and again. I think they set a record on Friday or Saturday for the most cases with more than 4,000 new cases. Um also on Friday, there was the shutdown of the Philadelphia Phillies training facility, the Toronto Blue Jays training facility, the Tampa Bay Lightning had a bunch of positive tests at their facility as well, and I believe all of Major League Baseball's training facilities got shut down, at least for a couple days as they tested everybody who was at them, uh, which is troublesome. This all took place as the Raptors were gearing up to you know, get on their flights to go down to Fort Myers, Florida to prepare. Um, we saw yesterday Malcolm Miller tweeting about the lack of masks being worn in the airport, which was very heartening, of course. And yeah. they are now down there hanging out in the global epicenter of the pandemic or what feels like is soon to be that. What are your sort of thoughts, feelings, emotions, fears of the Raptors who are now right in the shit down in Florida? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have been saying this, but it just feels like they're the guinea pigs. Uh, like they're they're like they're pretty much the NBA just said, "All right, go ahead, see see how it is, see what happens," type of thing. And I don't appreciate that necessarily, but at the same time, uh, if you see what Woj actually just tweeted a couple of minutes ago, there's already tests coming out with positive results for players in the Western Conference. I think four players on a team already tested positive, and. If you think about this, like this is the best analogy I've heard for the whole COVID Orlando situation Mm -hmm. is that this is a Jenga game that with every piece that you kind of try to take out, it's going to topple over and collapse. I don't think that we're going to actually get to any gameplays. And if we do, it's going to be short. I I realistically, I feel like the NBA is going to get canceled. Like, I don't know if that's actually the possibility, but I do feel as if that's an inevitability. Like, it, it's inevitable for this to, to to really shut down in a really, really bad way because of the tests that we're going to have. Like you said, Orlando is is in this hot spot that it, it's just ridiculous to even consider having full NBA games happen in Orlando, especially with employees. It, it, it just feels like there's way too many variables to even consider having games happen like you said, three weeks from now, mm-hmm. it it it, make, it makes no sense in the world. When it comes to the Raptors specifically, um, I, I am hoping that nobody gets any really really bad serious health issues, and I hope nobody obviously tests for COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. That's that's first and foremost. I just I don't know if that's possible, man. I don't know if it's possible for no one to test positive for COVID nineteen. I I don't know if it's possible because even the airport that Malcolm Miller was talking about. 250 employees tested positive <laughs> for coronavirus. Like, what is what is that? Yeah. Right? How how are how are we expected? I mean, I don't know how much how NBA players haven't made more of a big deal of this. I'm sure they have in their own right and doing it in their own private conversations. But I would be freaking out if I was an NBA player. 
Yeah, well, we saw Davis Bertans of the Wizards uh, opt out just yesterday for health concerns uh, in a bit of a Twitter spat with Evan Fournier today, who Evan Fournier was doing the thing that I think a lot of people expected would be kind of the the force that would keep guys from not playing, which is sort of like shaming Davis Bertans for not showing up despite being on a team that has no realistic shot of making it into the playoffs, let let alone past the first round where they're going to get waxed by Milwaukee if they make it in. And, you know, so Davis Bertans, who's a free agent, is saying, no, I'm good. I'm going to just hang out and, uh, you know, preserve myself for that next contract. And Evan Fournier came along and, you know, had some sort of disparaging words about that and the idea of someone sitting by while the rest of the team plays healthy. That is pretty garbage. And that kind of sentiment, I think, you know, maybe is not being voiced on Twitter by players around the league. But I wonder if that's something that is like a fear of guys who are thinking, hey, you know, I'm Devin Booker. Should I really be playing you know, for the Suns who have no chance of making it in, it, does this make a lot of sense? But if I do so, is someone on the, the team going to, you know, call me out for it? Like, I think that's very much a real force that's kind of compelling these guys, or it must be, I would assume. Um, and, and so there's that. And then, you don't, in addition to that sort of health stuff, you just have, like, the, the, the family aspect of it all that has not sat well with me the yeah. last 24 hours or so, as, as we've seen um, Fred Van Vliet's wife, posting instagram uh stories about how you know this is the first time they're not going to see fred for more than two weeks at a time ever gone for two months and that's super sad and you know last night the the baby couldn't sleep because fred wasn't there they called him at 4 a.m just to talk that's heartbreaking stuff and that uh you know i'm just not sure it's worth it at that point o'shea Brissett, as our friend kelsey o'brien made a great point um, also just had a newborn baby and is going to miss two months of the very early life of his baby. That's a shame as well. I believe Terrence Davis as well, if I'm not mistaken, has a pretty young kid. Like yep. this whole team is full of dads. It's dad energy, both on the court and off. <laughs> and they're, they're, they're just being asked to go away for two months, which is one of the things that does not sit well with me among all of the things that don't sit well with me. It's one of the most uncomfortable things kind of sticking into the, the small of my lower back. Um, yeah. and you know, you also just have the, the case numbers, which are getting concerning as well. Right. And I, and we saw yesterday at cbssports.com friend of the show, James Herbert spoke to Dr. I can't remember his first name, Dr. Binney, who has been quoted in a bunch of different things. I think he was on Howard Beck's podcast, even pretty recently and actually praised the NBA for the protocols they put in place. And like credit to the NBA, they have more of a plan for this stuff than like the MLB or NHL, where those, those leagues just seem to be winging it a little bit. The NBA at least put it all down on paper, but this uh, epidemiologist that James interviewed also said, you know, with the way cases are going, it doesn't seem realistic or morally correct to play basketball games in Orlando while you have (laughs) the global epicenter. It's akin to like playing soccer in Italy when everything was going on over there, basically. And so all of that is to say this feels very, very uncertain and uneasy and gross and uh, entirely just greased up by the machine of capitalism and yep. this is not even to mention the news that came out today, which does not inspire a lot of confidence that Adrian Wojnarowski reporting that players will be covered for career ending injuries sustained during the the return, oh my God. which like on, on the surface, hey, that's great. But then you think, hmm, that's not at all ominous, is it? That 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 seems totally. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's frightening that this is something that we're considering. And that's something that no one seems to be considering is that. You know, we don't know the long-term effects of this virus. We've all seen the picture of the lung. We don't know if that's going to be for everybody, but, you know, it's on the table. And so uh, it just seems with the bubble not being a secure bubble and, you know, the quote from 
uh, James's piece yesterday was something along the lines of, look, it, it's it, the mesh hat works a little bit if it's raining slightly, but if it's pouring, you're not going to be able to stop everything from getting in. And <laughs> that's, that's a really good way to put it. And so yeah. I, I don't know, man. I feel like I've been a big stick in the mud with this the entire time, but at the same time, it feels like kind of the right way to feel about it because it just does not feel at all safe or just like morally upstanding to go ahead with this tournament that is putting players at risk more than anybody else. Yeah, and and the thing with the NBA is they've I feel like they've prettied it up a little bit, you know, with the ring and and adding technology and saying there's this insurance policy and adding a 113 page protocol on how they're going to, you know, practice social distancing and and make sure that the players are safe. They've made it so that I guess some fans can feel comfortable, but I'll say this right now as a fan of the NBA and and Sean you'll know this too. It's like you can't feel comfortable with watching this type of basketball. Like it, it just it feels morally incorrect. It, it you just feel bad if you're going to end up watching this type of basketball because if you look at it and and back to your Father's Day point by the way, when the Raptors made a post about Father's Day and made that video, which was awesome, I I, I that was the first thing I thought of. I'm like, all these dads are going to be gone for two months. Yeah. They're going to be they're going to be literally without any. Uh, well, other than FaceTime and all that stuff, they're not going to be able to see their kids for two months. It is going to be hard. There's going to be mental health issues that these players will have to deal with. And also, they're literally risking their lives. <laughs> they are literally risking their lives. I know we say NBA athletes are young, they're healthy, and this is, I guess, like, that's the that's the counterpoint to all of this, although it doesn't really make sense in my opinion where, you know, you're saying, oh, these, these players are young. They're okay. They'll, they'll get used to it. They'll, they'll be fine. You know, even if they contract COVID-19, they're probably going to survive. And you're probably right. But at the same time, like you said, we don't know the long-term effects. We don't know even the impact that there was someone in Ontario recently, actually today that died and they were under the age of 20, right? It, it it just goes to show you that we literally have no idea the impact of this virus. For some person, for, for, for some people, it can be devastating. And for some people, it can be like the common flu. It can be like a common cold. Yeah. And that is a risk the NBA players should have, I guess, known more about, had more information on before agreeing to this with the MBPA. I, I just feel like there's, there's way too many variables, Sean. Way too many variables to consider. If I was an NBA player... I would be on the Davis Bertans mm-hmm. uh, and Kyrie Irving trip. I would I would say no. Yeah, that, that that's realistic. What I would do. And look, man, like I I totally understand the side of like the Ed Davis side of things that you know, hey, we want to play because right. this is a platform for us, and I, I get that to a certain extent. But um, you know, it just it does not feel in any way tenable to to have this yeah. tournament go on while this is going on in Florida. Like pick literally anywhere else. Move Disney to like North Dakota. Like just pick up roller coasters <laughs> and put them on a truck and bring them and then you can do it there. It just it just seems really really uh ill-fated to me. And you know, the players you're right. You know, in likelihood the players are probably fine, but that does not take into account the referees, the coaches, yeah. the Disney employees yeah. who are low-wage workers for the most part who are going to be asked to to you know come and go. Again, the only way I think you can make this work is if you just pony up, pay all the the hotel and Disney staff to be in the bubble as well and say, yeah, you're not going to see your family for three months, but we're going to make it worth it for you with a life-changing amount of money. That's the only way I see this making any sense. I, I would love that. Yeah, they would kick ass. I, that would make <laughs> – yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, it makes the most amount of sense to do that. I don't know if the NBA is necessarily going to. I, I think that's a long shot. But I, I think that makes the most sense to make it an actual bubble and not a bubble with a bunch of different holes mm-hmm. in it. It, it, it. it makes no sense to me to be able to... Like they're they're walking and talking really confidently, you know the NBA, and I know Adam Silver has voiced that he's he's very confident in the plan that he set up, and albeit it, it's better than some of the other leagues for sure, I just think that it's it's inevitably gonna burst. It's it's gonna happen. Something's gonna happen. You know, yesterday I was listening to a podcast. I actually completely forgot. It might have been the Brian Windhorst Hoop Collective Pod, but um, they were saying. This is all going to go out the window if a guy like LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard or Giannis Antetokounmpo test positive for COVID-19. Yeah. This they're, they're this is out the window because then all competitive balance is gone. There's there's definitely going to be a big asterisk in terms of NBA fans. This isn't going to be a real NBA championship for a lot of people. And everything is gone. Everything you worked for, everything you planned for Orlando and Disney World, it's out the window. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's a bad idea. They yep. should not do it, yep. but that's fine. Uh, we're going to leave the uh, stick-in-the-mud portion of the podcast behind, and we're actually going to talk about the on-court basketball stuff because the conveyor belt of capitalism will not stop. Thus, I'm pretty sure we're going to get some basketball because the NBA seems very convinced, even though Adam Silver uh, is apparently adopting a new demeanor when talking about this. The resolute but somber quote from that piece about players and executives being worried about <laughs> playing, uh, that shit killed me. Anyway, we'll continue talking more about the on stuff for the Raptors and sort of some roster decisions and just sort of uh, you know general questions we both have about the team itself uh, which we haven't seen for many many months and we haven't seen healthy for even more months <laughs> so we're gonna get yeah. to that in just a second but first I want to tell people about Magic Spoon look I love cereal a lot to the point where I can't even have cereal in the house because I will eat it all in a single day which I shouldn't do however Magic Spoon is healthy enough that I could absolutely eat it all in a single day and not feel bad at all. Magic Spoon has 0 grams of sugar, 12 grams of protein, and only 3 grams of net carbs in each serving. They have four wonderful flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. Tastes amazing, and honestly, it's too good to be true. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Go to magicspoon.com NBA to grab a variety pack and try it today, and be sure to use our promo code NBA at checkout to get free shipping. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed by a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they're going to refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash NBA and use the code NBA for free shipping. We thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, S, let's dive into some encore questions that we have about the team itself. Um, I, my big thing right now, so it was also released today that the, the CBA agreement has been uh, met by the players and the league. 
going into this bubble tournament, meaning that transactions are now uh, open and free for business. I believe today at a certain time or 3 o'clock or maybe tomorrow, but very soon uh, teams can start making transactions. The Raptors do not necessarily have much to do. They have 17 players. Uh, if you count their 15 roster spots, plus the two two-way guys, O'Shea Brissett and Paul Watson, uh, both of whom I'm presuming are going to be with the team down in Orlando. And so I guess the question becomes as, you know, with the guys who seem to be out there available with players, maybe within the Raptors G League system that might make some sense on the team. I'm wondering if you think there's any chance we see some sort of move, a player get cut and replaced by somebody or something along those lines to maybe balance the roster a little bit better, just to sort of safeguard against the virus and other things that could befall the team as they head into the bubble. Uh, Just wondering your thoughts on that. Uh, I I wonder if they'll take a look at Tyler Ennis. I'm not sure if they'll necessarily do anything with it because, like you said, they're they're full to the brim, like 17 players. And realistically, O'Shea Brissett is is going to be important to their rotation if somebody ends up getting injured or you know contracting the virus. But at the same time, I think a lot of people have been impressed with Paul Watson mm-hmm. uh, and what he's done. There, there was this article a while back about how he's turning heads in the Raptors 905 situation and what he's done in practice. And, you know, former Raptors assistant coach and now Lakers assistant coach Phil Handy is really, really big on Paul Watson as well. Um, I, I just think it... it it's it's I don't, it's kind of tough for them, like you said. They they don't really have any drastic moves they can make. I do see maybe a Tyler Ennis moving up just because he's been impressive in the nine hundred five so far, and maybe they could add some more depth at the point guard position. But that's that's really the only move, and it's kind of a stretch. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think you know I would have been a little bit more sort of eyebrows raised as to what the Raptors might do in this, tra- in this transaction window had Malcolm Miller not tweeted about being at the airport in Orlando because he's felt all season long like maybe the guy who's most kind of on the edge of getting cut from the team. You know, as much as right. I think Malcolm Miller is a useful player and he's a very good shooter and a nice defender and like kind of just knows his role and doesn't deviate from it all that much, the Raptors seem not all that thrilled with the idea of playing him extended minutes. Um, you know, even when they were super injured, he wasn't getting a ton of run. Um, so I-, I wonder if, you know, in a different world where you weren't bubbling up and you were able to just sort of go back to your your, your hometown to get ready, uh, maybe Malcolm Miller is a little bit more on the bubble. But I do not imagine they would have sent Malcolm Miller down to Orlando only to get cut like three days later. That right. feels uh, exceptionally ghoulish, and I don't think the Raptors have that in them. So I don't think there's someone else in the team that's like an easy cut you know I know Dewan Hernandez hasn't really played but I feel like they're probably at least invested in getting him on the floor for a little bit at some point down the line and everybody else kind of has some sort of you know role within the team whether it's Watson or, or Brissett who are sort of more depth pieces uh, or you know it's Matt Thomas or it's Chris Boucher like there's not really an obvious guy even Stanley Johnson really um, you know yeah. feels like he's even ahead of where Malcolm Miller is so I think he's probably got a little bit, little bit more job security than Miller too um, so yeah I think we're probably going to see the same 17 that we've seen and that's cool that's fine I don't have a problem with that necessarily the Ennis thing made some sense also Jawan Evans as well the backup point guard for the 905 is also pretty right. steady and has NBA experience playing for the Clippers I believe you know I thought maybe a backup point guard could be handy and if they were going to extend the rosters beyond 17 I thought that would be very clearly the spot they go 
just because you have not a whole lot of depth after Kyle and Fred when it comes to point guards. And, like, that's a very good starting point to have. Those two guys as your point guards, and I guess Patrick Bacaw is your third ball handler. But, um, you know, that's the one position where one injury or one positive test, which I can't believe that's a thing we have to consider, um, could (laughs) potentially kind of derail things a little bit. But I think we're probably uh, looking at the same 17 guys that they're going to go down with and have had on the roster all year. But here's the question, Yeah, what's up? But here's here's the question though. So I mean, yeah, everybody's in Florida right now, and the Raptors are the exception because they 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 had to get there first. But transaction window opened up, I believe, noon today, right? right? Yeah. So they didn't really have an. Uh, they had to pick at least earlier, right? I'm assuming the Raptors would have to have made the decision to keep all these 17 guys before the transaction window even opened up. So do they even have the opportunity to say, hey, Malcolm, obviously I don't think they would. And to your point, that's kind of ghoulish of them. I don't think they would ever do that. But let's say they decide, oh, you know, we don't want Stanley Johnson anymore. We don't want Malcolm Miller. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can sign someone else. They, they they weren't really provided that window to do that. That's a good point. And I should say, I don't think the entire team is down there. I think it's like half the team. I think mostly the guys who were in Toronto. Uh, are the ones right. that are down there right now. So I'm, I'm not sure where Stanley Johnson was at. You know, maybe Stanley Johnson is the bubble guy now. I keep using the word bubble and not the Disney context. <laughs> they have to figure out a new word. But, um, you know, he, he feels as though... He, I mean, if he's not down there, maybe he's the guy who's at risk here, but it's hard to say, right? We have no idea exactly what collection of guys are down there. We don't know where, who was spending what time where, and it's not even just Toronto guys, right? Like Fred Van Vliet was in Rockford, Illinois. He's headed down too. So um, I don't yeah. think there's a ton of rhyme or reason to who is already there. Um, but yeah, it, you know, they did not have that, that window. You're right. I, I'm curious though, if it's going to matter at all. I mean, this feels like an even weaker version of the buyout market where it's like, yeah, uh, J.R. Smith might play and uh, C.J. Miles <laughs> might play. I don't know. Like it's the Raptors, I think, would be looking internally, if anything, to like you said, an Ennis yeah, um, or something like that. But um, yeah, it, that, at least an interesting thing to think about as uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're sort of ahead of the curve when it comes to returning from every other team, which I guess, I don't know if that puts them at a disadvantage and advantage. Who knows? That's the thing with all of this that I'm having trouble with is how do I gauge what is good and bad for each team? Because we've never seen anything like this, like the home court thing. Yep. Who's it good for? Who's it bad for to not have home court? Um, it's all so uh, hypothetical. Well, I'll tell you who it's bad for. I'll tell you who it's who's bad that? for. It is bad for the Philadelphia 76ers. It is horrible <laughs> for the Philadelphia 76ers. Good luck for win- they they can't win a road game to help themselves. So literally it's they're in a tough situation. Um I just wanted to say something real quick about Malcolm Miller. Yeah. Um I've watched a lot of 905 games and I've seen how different he plays when he gets those garbage time minutes with the Raptors versus when he plays with the 905. And I feel like it's purely a confidence thing. He just he lets it fly a little bit more when it comes to the 905 games, and obviously he has the the leeway, I guess, from the coaching staff to do so. But when he's when he's with the Raptors, he's a little bit more hesitant. He he's he's a little bit more like, okay, am I in the right spot? Am I doing the right thing? Am I rotating the ball? Am I am I you know being a little bit too passive? And you can kind of see that thought process when he's playing with the Raptors. And the best basketball is played when you're not thinking you're just doing. Mm-hmm. So I, I just I feel like it's a confidence thing for Malcolm Miller too. Yeah, it is kind of like a, a lower leverage version of you know whenever Dwayne Casey would throw in like Norm or Bebe for two minutes to end a quarter, uh, and then right. that was like their only time to play in a game. That it kind of feels a little bit like that too. And look, I mean, there's a lot of competition for Malcolm Miller on the Raptors. There's many many good players on the team. 
And so maybe there is that sort of added pressure to do something when he's out there or, you know, not not screw up when he's out there. But Absolutely. yeah, uh, hopefully, I mean, w- I would imagine we're going to see everybody get some run during this thing. Like the eight game lead up, there's going to be hopefully some opportunity, some leeway to just get some guys some run and keep minutes totals down and ease people back in. But we shall see. We're going to continue on with uh, the final segment to talk about um, just the, t- the team and how it's going to be constructed in the light of having, you know, able bodies across the entire roster now as opposed to being injured horribly like they were all season in just a second. But first, I want to tell people about Blinkist, which is one of the ultimate life hacks. It's hard to find time to sit down and read and learn more. Even right now, if you're at home, stuck, isolating still, you still got to deal with your kids. You have to cook you have to do conference calls you have family conference calls like come on we're five months into this thing you don't have to have family conference calls anymore but you do there's an incredible app though that solves the problem of not having enough time and i highly recommend it it is called Blinkist. It works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know info from thousands of nonfiction books, and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people are well-known for how many books they read. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And With its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book in your ears during your commute, on your lunch break, while you exercise, whatever it is. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help business health and history books to a whole bunch more blinkist has the latest titles and bestsellers list as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read but never had time to right now it's a really important time to read the black lives matter initiative is not going anywhere it's still a continuous fight and it is still on you to educate yourself if you're not fully educated on what exactly the reasons for systemic racism and oppression are so i would highly recommend using blinkist to help out with this there are books like me and white supremacy by Leila Saad and the new jim crow by michelle alexander that i highly recommend you check out on blinkist if you don't have the time to sit down and read the whole thing although you should when with blinkist you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books all the books you want and for one low price right now for a limited time blinkist has a special offer for your audience go to blinkist.com nba and try it for free for seven days and save 25 percent off your new subscription that's blinkist spelled b-l-i-n-k-i-s-t dot com nba to start your free seven day trial and you're also going to save 25 percent off but only when you sign up at blinkist.com nba We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, S, let's uh, wrap up here. I kind of want to just sort of address one of the many questions I have going in to the bubble and the return, assuming it happens, because, you know, many things can happen between now and July 30th, whenever they're supposed to start. Um, the, the right. We're going to obviously address these questions over the course of the next few weeks, but sort of the one g- general one I have that is tied to where we last left the team and where they are now is one of health and how the health of the team, presumably a fully healthy team with Marcus All and Fred Van Vliet and Norm Powell and everybody who's been dealing with different maladies all season long, presumably being 100% coming into this, I'm wondering how that affects sort of the rotation. If we recall 
at the start of the season. There were basically seven guys that Nick Nurse trusted with Patrick McCaw also kind of getting in there once he got healthy. And then it wasn't until, you know, a couple weeks into the season, Kyle and Serge go down. That's when Chris Boucher and Terrence Davis and uh, Ronda Hellish Jefferson kind of get into the mix. And now we're sitting here after a long season of different guys in and out of the lineup and, you know, as many as 12, 13 guys getting run over the course of a couple weeks here and there. I don't really know what the rotation is going to look like and what that, especially the back part of the rotation is going to look like. So I'm curious as what you think, what's your sort of read on, you know, with this weird truncated setup, is there going to be more, you know, premium placed on playing 12 players in a game? Like I, I, I'm just wondering your initial thoughts on what the Raptors rotation should or will look like once we finally get to real games in a month from now. I'm pretty sure the Raptors don't even know what their rotation <laughs> would look like. Uh, I mean, if you if you look at all the players, I mean, even Matt Thomas, if you're adding him onto there, uh, and you add like a, a Malcolm Miller as well that we just talked about, there's there's I would say there's probably about ten players, eleven players, maybe even twelve players that you can guarantee trust. Um, now now Malcolm Miller, Matt Thomas, a little bit on the verge, although Thomas has shown that he can do a lot this this year as well. Um, I I. I wonder if Nick Nurse is just going to go with his guns and see what he can do for the first eight games mm-hmm. because it is kind of like trial and error. They don't have anything to lose. I think Boston is not within that range for them to be afraid of losing. Actually, I just realized they don't even have home court advantage. There's no point of they, they there's no point of a 2-3. It makes no difference at all. Yeah. So they, they they don't I think they can try out more, have a little bit of trials and and see what works, what doesn't, what kind of rotations, what lineups work the best for them. Because you're right, they they added three guys in that back lineup with Boucher, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, and even Matt Thomas that can give you quality minutes. Like they can give you genuine quality minutes. And we saw that a lot when they were banged up. One thing I wanted to say about the guys who are banged up, I've been battling with this a lot, whether it helps them or it doesn't. And I think for the older guys, like you see Gasol, by the way, just looking like a hunk. <laughs> but 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 uh, like you see Gasol and even Lowry, they they've they've gotten into shape in this past three or four months that they've been mm-hmm. off, and I think that helps the older guys a lot more. And the younger guys, I think, especially Norman Powell, who had to deal with a lot of weird and and bad injuries over the the course of the year. Let's let him never play the Pistons. Thank God they're not in the twenty two teams. Huh. Um, and, and I just realistically, I think it helps both sides. A, a lot of people have been saying, oh, well, you know, the time off might hurt them because, you know, they're, they're, they, they, they're, they haven't played real basketball in four months. And I agree with that part, but I also think just for the Raptors, if we're looking just at the Toronto Raptors, them battling with injuries for an entire season and still pulling out to be second in the Eastern conference is wildly impressive. Now that they're healthy, I think they are poised to potentially do a lot of damage in the Eastern Conference and maybe another finals trip. Rotation-wise, though, I think Nick Nurse is just going to play around with it. He's never been one to shy away from being creative and using random different lineups that even basketball heads are just going to be like, wait, what? What? What is he What is he mm-hmm. doing? But I, I, I think it's it makes a lot of sense for them to just play with whatever they think would make the most sense for them in the first eight games. And then when they get into the playoffs, 
you'll get some sort of rotation, maybe eight, nine guys. Yeah, I think like eight or nine with sort of the the first seven kind of being a steady, you know, it's going to be the starting five plus Surge and OG. Or sorry, Surge and who the hell comes off? I forget who plays on this team. Norm, Norm comes Norm. off the bench. That's right. Yeah, the reigning yeah, Eastern yeah. Conference Player of the Week, Norman Powell. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that'll be your, your guaranteed seven that I think in most close games against very good teams, you might just see those seven guys play and nobody else even get run. Um, you know, part of the... Right long layoff here is I think we're going to see fresh legs for a lot of these guys right and you know maybe they can get a little bit more out of guys once you get into the postseason everyone can play Mike D'Antoni ball and just play everybody 40 minutes and you know hopefully you're okay <laughs> um, you know I guess there are risks with that as well the rust is very much going to be there and to your point about you know the the health of guys you know and, and you know guys benefiting from the layoff I think the benefits and you know, detriments are going to be the exact same for every single team, or more or less. It's going to be rust is going to be there, but most everyone's going to be healthy and have you know fresh legs. And then it's just a matter, I think, of like chemistry, you know, reestablishing quickly. And I think the Raptors have a pretty good inside track yeah. on that for sure. Um, whereas teams like I don't know the Clippers, they've barely played together even in the regular season. So I'm curious how that all comes together in a very short amount of time. Um, Raptors seem just fine from that regard. And then so back to the rotation thing. You have that main seven, and then I think you probably see like a, a hot hand type of situation between Rondé and Chris Boucher. We've seen that throughout the year as to who slides in for, for what assignments and whatnot. I think I probably trust Chris Boucher a little bit more, which is weird to say, and maybe I'm wrong, yeah. but like he seems to like do more do more good while being actively uh, detrimental to the cause a little bit less often than Rondé, who I love Rondé, but sometimes he just like falls down and uh, <laughs> yeah. that works against yeah. the team a little bit. So maybe we see those two kind of, you know, as a stand-in sort of a, a together as an, as an eighth man. And then I think Terrence Davis and Patrick McCaw, while I think Terrence Davis should be well ahead of Patrick McCaw on merit, Nick Nurse seems to really like McCaw and, you know, he does offer, I guess, some defensive reliability that Davis can sometimes you know he can get he can wander astray a little bit or just get a little bit too jumpy and excited where McCaw's a little bit more steady on that end so I think we'll probably see those two kind of swap in and out as like a, an amorphous ninth man as well and then after that yeah I said yeah. sorry go ahead I said no no yeah no my bad but I said eight or nine because I was including TD and McCall right so yeah. I maybe oh man now now that I'm thinking about it maybe Ha, oh, this is tough. This is really, really tough because I, I, I would, I would assume that TD is like one hundred percent in the rotation, mm-hmm. um, but, but at the same time, you're right. Those, those defensive last lapses that he has can make him struggle a little bit, and that's probably why he puts McCall over him. Um, I, I just wonder if, if maybe throughout these next eight games that they play, these first eight games, maybe TD jumps ahead because he's, he was, he was turning a corner there towards the end of that. That, not, not even the end of the season, but the break. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's an objectively a better that, player. There's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, It's just a matter of how much Nick Nurse trusts him Nick versus trusts Patrick him. McCaw. Yeah. The, the one thing, everyone, Nick Nurse, best coach of the world, but people still very, very mad about Patrick McCaw, which, you know, yeah. every coach has their uh, their vices, I suppose. Um, S, this was wonderful, man. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We obviously will cover this stuff so much more over the next few weeks, and hopefully we can get you back on again to uh, to tee things up or be a wet blanket along with me again about the various <laughs> things that scare us about the return plans. But in the meantime, where can people check out your work? 
Uh, you guys can check out the Shoot Your Shot podcast. It'll be on all platforms. First of all, Sean, thank you very much for, for having me on the of podcast. Course, man. This, this was a lot of fun. Um, hopefully, we will be able to jump on the pod. And, and if you want, you can come on the Shoot Your Shot pod as well. We'd love to have you. But um, yeah, you can find the Shoot Your Shot podcast at Shoot Shot Pod on Twitter or at Shoot Your Shot Pod on Instagram. Uh, and you can check myself out as well on Twitter at Just S. Barahini. If you hate the spelling of that, just search up Just S. I'm sure you'll find it. But yeah, that's it. <laughs> Excellent, man. Thank you so much. We will definitely have you back on down the line. Uh, you can find me at Woodley Sean. You can subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast, as well as all the other Locked On Podcast Network offerings over on your favorite podcast providers. Also, please check out uh, Basketball, a podcast with myself and uh, whatevs. Whatevs. Uh, Katie. I don't know why I called Katie by her Twitter handle, but whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can check me at that podcast with me and Katie Heindel over on the Stringer Labs Podcast Network. Uh, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you to Magic Spoon and Blinkist for sponsoring today's podcast. And we will be back again on, I think, Wednesday with Big V uh, for another episode of Locked on Raptors. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.